Welcome to Furry Explained. I'm Finn, a big black cat from the internet, and Furry Explained is my show about furries and their culture. For the past couple of weeks or so, I've been preparing to attend another furry convention. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, I should already be there. This time, I'll be attending Furry Week in Atlanta in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm super excited about this one. And that's mainly because it's going to be a lot of firsts for me. It's my first time going to FWA, it'll be my first time visiting Atlanta and the state of Georgia, and most excitingly, it'll be my first convention I attend with my fursuit. Yep, it is true. For those who don't know or don't follow me on Twitter, I am now a proud owner of a fursuit for Finn, and FWA will be the first convention I go to with it. But that's not what I really wanted to talk about today. I wanted to explore something that I've been noticing a lot at conventions around the fandom. The attendance numbers at some of the cons have been pretty large. And it's not just the large numbers themselves, but more of the growth of these numbers from years prior. I've seen anywhere from a 25 to a 125% bump in attendance at cons this year compared to 2019, before, you know, the, the world shut down. Which led me down an interesting rabbit hole of research regarding a question I've personally had for a long time. Why are cons growing this fast? And subsequently, why is the furry fandom itself growing at such a rapid pace? Well, that's what we're going to explain today. In this episode, we're going to take a look at why the furry fandom continues to grow. We'll also see if this acceleration is sustainable and what the consequences of this community growing at the rate it is are. Because I think looking at convention attendance numbers is a decent barometer, but is still limited in its scope. The fandom might be growing much faster than that, meaning there are a lot more fuzzbuds out there than we might think. But for now, let's get into the reasonings behind why this is all happening. Welcome to Furry Explained, and we'll get started right here. Not to get too technical here, but when looking at the question of why the furry fandom continues to grow, we're talking about the growth of the overall supposed population of people who self-identify as furries. Meaning that, on its face, it's a rather unsound science, mainly because people interacting with the community of the furry fandom can not call themselves furries and vice versa, and that flexibility of identification makes making concrete conclusions, like an actual number of how many furries there are in the world, hard to come by. But by looking at things like convention attendance and other snapshots of furries coming together, we can draw a pretty easy conclusion that the furry fandom is indeed growing. And the explain it like I'm five explanation for that is very simple. More people are joining the fandom than leaving. Pretty, pretty simple, right? But what makes that conclusion interesting is that the acceleration on both sides of that equation is increasing or decreasing, respectively. Or in other words, fewer people are leaving the fandom than anticipated, and more people are joining the fandom earlier than ever before. Let's take a look at the former point, because it's probably the more perplexing one. We just said that fewer furries are leaving the fandom than anticipated, but what do we mean by that, especially that anticipated part. 
Well, if you look at the age makeup of this fandom, there is a bit of a hole in the middle when looked at ages linearly. There's a bunch of people in their late teens and early 20s, and there's a healthy amount of people in their mid-50s to early 60s, basically people who have been around since the early days of this fandom's inception. But there's a gap right in the middle, around the late 30s to early 40s mark, where there's just a fall-off of reported members of the fandom. And honestly, that makes sense. Most people at that age, especially here in the United States, are entering that stage in their life that we like to call settling down, where you're happy with the progression of your career, you're looking to buy a house or maybe already have one, and most importantly, looking to make things more permanent with a significant other, which includes things like introducing kids to the immediate family. You know, life stuff, things you're ready to do after the wild west of your 20s and 30s. Now, that is what is expected, but what this fandom has been seeing recently is that trend of waning away from the fandom is slowing significantly, and that furry self-identification stays with people well into that age range. In fact, in a recent survey done by Fur Science about this subject, they found that more and more mid to late 30s actually assume their participation in the fandom will likely stay the same or even increase in the next 5 to 10 years. Or, in other words, furries are staying furries for longer. And if you think about it, this also makes sense. For all intents and purposes, it's never been easier to be a furry these days. All you need is some sort of reliable internet connection, and you can be connected to where the bulk of this fandom interacts, and that's a lot easier to come by for more and more people nowadays. Plus, think about where people in that age range are right now. If they have been in the fandom for any significant amount of time, the community might be where their main group of friends are. Friends being a thing that becomes harder and harder to make the older you get. And that's not all. The fandom could even be where many of these people meet their significant other, with whom they may want to raise some sort of family together. Now, Nothing stops them from changing their mind in the future, but if an entire family dynamic is tied to the furry fandom, it would not be a rash assumption to think that they would still be active as a furry for a much longer time. So we looked at the first half of why the fandom continues to grow, now let's look at the other side. The fact that more and more people are finding the fandom in the first place. Or, to be a little bit more accurate, there are more younger people finding the fandom a lot earlier than years prior. Now, this should come as no surprise. In fact, it's something we've brought up on this show before. Interestingly enough, I think we got a really good look at a microcosm of this idea over the past three years or so. Basically, during the depths of the pandemic, the furry fandom saw quite a large, almost artificial boost in fandom activity online. And that added up, everyone was stuck at home and running around online, and it gave a lot of people who otherwise wouldn't have found this fandom a glimpse of what it was like, and many decided to join. Also, I think there were a lot of people who were still on the fence about becoming active in this fandom around that time, and all the time at home gave them that final push that they needed to start hanging out with more furs online. And I know this because that's basically what happened to me, and I'm sure there were a lot of other pandemic furs, as I like to call them, that helped increase the fandom's overall population. But the pandemic wasn't the only reason why this fandom continues to grow. Another large part of it is due to the community's overall acceptance in general society. 
It's like the opposite of a catch-22. Being a furry has become less and less of a negative stigma for people, so more people have decided to join, thus further drawing down the criticism from those on the outside. It's not perfect by any means, and many people still think that this is too weird for them to support, but in general, the number of those people has gone down as well. And these younger furs, people who get internet access earlier than any other generation in history, who are finding the fandom also have no plans to go anywhere. In that same survey that we mentioned in the last section, the responses from those in their teens to 20s mirrored their elder peers. They also have no plans on leaving the fandom for a good amount of time. So we now know why the furry fandom is continuing to grow, and in all honesty, the reasons behind it make a lot of sense. It's easier than ever before to be an active member of the fandom now, and people are finding it a lot earlier than before as well, making it a part of who they are faster than generations before them. But this growth can't continue forever, right? Will there be some sort of inflection point where the fandom slows or even stops growing? Well. Technically, that is very possible, but highly unlikely for the reasons we just explored. As more and more people actually become furries, the general acceptance of the community is bound to improve. This fandom is also uniquely set up such that people can dedicate their entire lives to the point of making a living from its members, which also leads to the continued longevity of people staying in this fandom. However, I don't think this growth is purely unlimited, to the point where everyone in the world will know someone that is a furry. That won't happen anytime soon, mainly because of what this fandom is centered around. We're getting back to that question of if the fandom will ever be mainstream, but because the fandom is tied to an idea rather than a product or franchise, that implicitly keeps the fandom rather niche, since Anyone can be introduced or familiarized with a piece of IP or franchise due to things like advertising, but only the single individual in question can know if they truly like anthropomorphic animals or not, or at least enough to join a community filled with other like-minded people. But for now, I think it's safe to say that the furry fandom is growing at a pretty healthy rate. And I say healthy on purpose because overall, I really believe this growth is a good thing. Taking my subjective feelings on what this community has done for me out of things for a bit, the furry fandom is still a real solid base for people to meet other people, especially those of all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences. This fandom is also equally as creative as it is a consumer of that creativity. The opportunity to make something for this fandom that people will enjoy is so wide open that I'm a firm believer that anyone can make some type of art for this fandom and there will be furs there to consume it, something that can't really be said for every other fandom. And despite being primarily online, which in and of itself keeps the barrier to entry quite low, the community still prioritizes things like conventions and meetups, places where members of the fandom can meet in person, which only strengthens the bond that we all have with each other. But takes on a heightened importance in such a tactile group like furries are. All of this adds up to a community that encourages itself to grow all on its own, and I think it's doing quite the job of taking advantage of that growth opportunity.
All right, that concludes this episode of Furry Explained. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something new today. As always, if you want to continue the conversation about the growth of this fandom or have any other suggestions or feedback for the show, you can find and follow me on Twitter. I'm at FinnThePanther, and a link to my Twitter is down in the show notes, along with some other resources about this topic that you should definitely check out. As always, if you do like the show and want to support it, the best way to do that is to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to give the show a rating and a review as well. You can also just tell people about the show, and if they don't know where to start looking, you can point them to pod.link slash furryexplain to find the show on their platform of choice. Thank you so much for doing so, and again, by the time you hear this, I'll be at FWA, so if somehow you're there too and finished listening to this, feel free to say hi if you see me throughout the weekend. But if not, no worries, the next episode of this show will be a review of my experience at FWA, so everyone can look forward to that. So we'll be back for that next time, but until then, stay wild out there. Peace.